Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. So this episode was actually inspired by a conversation that I was having with this gentleman that I am currently dating and he very well may be an empath um, and is a former firefighter and paramedic and works in the world of nonprofits and we were just talking about you know some of the some of the reasons why he was thinking he might be an empath and some of his experiences in his work and that conversation led me to the realization that this is absolutely something I need to talk about on the podcast with y'all. And that is what I am dubbing the empath's purpose paradox. So I talk a lot about why we're here as empaths and sensitives, you know, to help heal the world and, and bring earth into a higher frequency, into love frequency, that we are ushering in this new era that doesn't have to be rooted in struggle as it has been in the past um, or in those denser energies, but instead moving into a time that is that is really grounded more in a in a lighter, higher frequency of love. And so it's no coincidence that you have the gifts and interests that you do and why you feel so much because we are the bridge between the physical and the metaphysical. We are natural transmuters and alchemists of the energies around us. And we're a part of that shift in frequency. We, we are a part of moving out of the denser darkness into the lighter, higher vibes that are to come. So it it totally tracks that empaths and sensitives often feel called to service, to show up in our careers and in our community, in positions that allow us to serve and help others, you know, counselors, teachers, EMTs, massage therapists, firefighters, psychologists, vets, physical therapists, nurses, doctors. I mean, the list goes on. You know, maybe you're calling to service as being a parent or serving as a, um, a foster for animals that need an interim home and have been through trauma. So all of these positions that that play to our natural strengths as empaths and sensitives 
um, really benefit from our gifts, right? Uh, we're able to feel between the lines and, and our strong intuition and many of the other uh, spiritual gifts that we have are super valuable assets and really demonstrates um, in practice how your sensitivity practically can serve as your superpower. But there is a shadow side to all of this, as there is to everything. Um, and I would say here the shadow side is we just haven't been taught how to care for ourselves when we're showing up consistently in service for others. And you know, so, so what ends up happening is we're naturally inclined and attracted to work that requires us to use our gifts as empaths in service to others. But that very work depletes us and can actually make us sick and unable to show up to do the very work that we as, as empaths are here on this earth to do. And that is the empath's purpose paradox. So this can manifest in your reality as in your experience as people-pleasing, burnout, and compassion fatigue, all of which on their own can create a whole host of other issues through your mind, body, spirit. People-pleasing is at its core a trauma response, and I go into this in a lot more depth and detail in the episode on the nervous system, which I invite you to listen to if you haven't yet. It's super supportive. So people-pleasing comes out of, of a learned trauma response of hypervigilance where we learned in childhood that, you know, if we're super aware of and in tune with the energy and emotions of those around us, that then we can manage them. We can reduce the likelihood of conflict and also be seen as good and valuable and worthy of love. The lesson we took to heart is if I meet everyone else's needs, then I will be worthy of their love and they will choose me. If I meet everybody else's needs, then I will be worthy of their love and they will choose and accept me. So there's this deep fear of rejection. And over time, we learn to completely ignore our own needs in order to attune to and manage the needs of others. That's our survival mechanism. That's our survival strategy. And it served you well for a while, which is why you have it, right? It is effective. No shame in that game, I love. You did what you had to do and adapted to survive the best you could. But that same survival strategy that was effective and helpful as a kid is one that can cause so much harm for us as adults, especially in positions where we are taking care of others. Because these positions of service, whether you're a full-time mom or a doctor or a teacher or whatever, they exacerbate that people-pleasing paradigm that we operate within, reinforcing our compulsion to ignore our own needs in favor of taking care of the needs and attending to the needs of others. And it's all compounded by the fact that, that we live in a culture and in a society that honestly doesn't really teach anyone to practice self-awareness or how to tune into your own needs and how to practice self-care. 
So over time, inevitably, we start to see burnout and even compassion fatigue set in, which I'll get into here in a bit, both of which can manifest many different symptoms within mind, body, spirit that don't feel good and ultimately actually prevent us from being able to do the work that we love and that we feel called to do. So burnout is you know, it's something I've experienced a few different times in my life. Burnout can happen when, when you experience consistent overstimulation, excessive exposure to emotionally draining people, emotionally draining or overwhelming environments, toxic relationships, even media and like the, the way that media is kind of sensationalized entertainment these days, um, often in the, the form of like really intense, negative, super heavy, heavy stuff. And also overexposure to other people's struggles and trauma face-to-face in, in life. All of these can lead to burnout. So when I look back, I think one of the most impactful periods of burnout for me was during my time when I was running my own bodywork practice, seeing clients for hands-on healing work, you know, my facial release and energy work and massage. And I started that business actually as a house call practice. And then after a few years of doing house calls exclusively, I opened my studio location and did both. And then went just to my studio location and had later on a couple of therapists working with me. And I really loved my work, especially in the beginning, but in general. And I was really hungry for experience and learning all the different modalities. And I wanted to really show up for people. I wanted to help. I wanted, I wanted to be the best therapist that I could be because I was super passionate about helping people to feel better and helping people to learn more about themselves so that they could take better care of themselves, which truthfully, if I look at it, is kind of <laughs> pretty much still what I'm doing. I'm just doing it in a different way. Um, but at that time with my hands-on healing practice, I really wasn't listening to my own needs and I was in a very different place in my own healing and empowerment journey. And, um, you know, not listening to my needs, it kind of, it showed up in a few different ways, in several different ways. Uh, one was not charging enough for my services, not having a cancellation fee. So, you know, folks could, could cancel with, without any repercussion and, and often did and not drinking enough water for myself throughout the day not letting myself have enough bathroom breaks in a day or having enough breaks period scheduled in uh booking too many sessions in a day um not eating well while i was working or creating enough time for me to eat and i think the underlying you know the underlying feeling of all of this is generally coming from a place that my client's needs were way more important than my own, that they were my number one priority. So, you know, if someone were to reach out and need a last minute appointment on a day where I was already like pretty fully booked and at my limit, I would book them. I would put them in my schedule. I would find a way to squeeze them in because they needed me. (laughs) 
right? But they need me. And I knew I could help them. I knew I could help them. I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to disappoint them. I knew I could help. And I felt like that was all that mattered. And that's how I was operating. And I wasn't listening to the messages of my body, to little little gnawing whispers in my mind and spirit, you know, the aches and pains, the exhaustion, my need for rest. Uh, I was really leaning on what I had at the time as my go-to coping mechanisms of numbing out with drugs and alcohol and partying and, you know, whatever that looked like on any given day. So all of this combined eventually led to burnout. I was just continually overwhelmed and overstimulated and exposed to really intense energy and emotion and trauma in the work that I was doing as I helped people to release those things from their bodies, from their energy bodies on my table. And I didn't have a consistent practice of self-care in place. I wasn't taking good care of myself. I wasn't listening to the messages of my mind, body, and spirit. And I didn't have a, a real awareness yet or an acceptance of the reality that I am an empath and how and, and knowledge of how all those things were affecting me. So essentially, I was burning the candle from both ends over a bonfire. And I got really sick. It started small. You know, that whole frog in the pot of water that you you very gradually raise to a boil so it sits in complacency as you do. That was me and my chronic illness. So at first it was dizzy spells and light vertigo and then headaches and then night sweats and really horrible repetitive nightmares and then the headaches got worse and then serious brain fog started to just be my normal my normal state of existence my energy started to fade and eventually you know i had really serious issues finding the energy to even just get out of bed i was just tired all of the time i never felt like i got enough sleep inflammation was really an issue it was spreading through my body my body hurt when i did body work my joints started hurting all the time Oh, and then, oh my God, the food sensitivities. It was, it was so bad. I mean, y'all, there were months where I was literally allergic to food. It was like anytime I ate anything, I got hives after a meal. I was having panic attacks, fear of leaving the house, severe depression and anxiety, skin rashes, hives, sun and heat sensitivity. You know, some days my, my hands and fingers, the joints in them would swell and, and get so painful that I couldn't even prepare a meal for myself or wash up and do dishes after, after cooking. And, um, I had to stop working. I had to walk away from the business that I'd grown from the ground up. My work that had been my passion that I knew was rooted in my greater purpose. And soon I, you know, doing the healing work, I realized that the way I was showing up in my work was a big piece of the puzzle in my chronic illness that led to my inability to actually 
continue to do the work. So this is how my burnout manifested. And it is a very common experience for empaths and sensitives to go through chapters of chronic illness in their life um, as a manifestation of burnout. You may hear and feel some similarities in my story with what you yourself are experiencing, and your symptoms and signals may look totally different. You know, I I think the thing is that I just didn't listen to the signals of my mind, body, and spirit that they were giving me for a really long time, and it, it really felt like they just eventually had to, to throw their hands up and scream at me because I wasn't paying attention. And, and again, I mentioned earlier, but part of my burnout too was that I was depending on those numbing attributes of drugs and alcohol to see me through my life, which is another common struggle among empaths and sensitives. So that was my burnout. When we look at you know, what is compassion fatigue, it, it can really go hand in hand with burnout. And looking back, I do think I was experiencing this to some degree, especially when I was in a cohabitation relationship with a significant other who was also struggling with chronic illness and very severe chronic depression. So compassion fatigue is another common issue for empaths, especially those of us in those caretaker positions, whether that's personally or professionally. Compassion fatigue is a kind of secondhand trauma that can happen when you're caring for or working with people or animals who have suffered from trauma themselves. Empaths and sensitives are especially susceptible to absorbing and being overwhelmed by the emotions and energies of others. So this can really hit us hard. And when you're experiencing compassion fatigue as a caretaker, it may even feel sometimes like you've lost your gift. Like you've lost your sensitivity and empathy for those around you, or you don't care to do the work anymore. I know that that happened to me. Um, That's definitely something that I can relate to. And, you know, please, I want to just remind, like, put this out here. This is never the case. You've never lost your gifts. It's not that you don't care anymore. It's just that you're so exhausted and you are just running on the vapors of the fumes of empty (laughs) and you used all your compassion for others sparing none for yourself. You cannot lose your gifts and you absolutely can heal through these struggles and come out happier, healthier, and more aligned with your true self and more empowered in how you show up to use your gifts in whatever way feels right for you. So how do you do that? (laughs) How do you deal with people pleasing and burnout and compassion fatigue? What do you do if you're a chronic people pleaser experiencing burnout, compassion fatigue, or some combination of those? So as always, um, I really want to point you to a holistic approach that will support and consider all aspects of the self in mind, in body, in spirit. That being said, it really does come back to radical self-love and releasing stuck trauma within your mind, body, spirit. As I said at the start of this episode, these patterns of behavior are rooted in a fear of rejection, a fear of being found unworthy of love, of not being valued by others, 
that we developed through our traumatic experiences growing up. And there is the deeper fear that perhaps you actually aren't worthy of love. And the antidote to this is radical self-love. Practicing acts of self-love and self-care as much and as consistently as possible so that you begin to create a new set of experiences and feelings that support a different theory and co-create a different reality, one in which you are worthy of love, a reality where your needs do matter and are taken into account. When in doubt, you can always ask yourself, what is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? What is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? And that answer will vary. And sometimes it's your inner critic who's going to answer back and it's not going to feel good. And you're going to say, okay, inner critic, I hear that, but I'm not available for it. You can ask the question again, what is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now? And you can ask that question as many times as you need to, to get an answer that feels supportive and rooted in love, to get an answer from your higher self, from source, from ancestors. So practically, radical self-love also means doing work with your nervous system. And again, I want to point you to that episode on the nervous system as a resource, just to give you a little more insight into how it all works. But working with your nervous system will help you learn how to regulate and develop a more resilient nervous system where you're literally rewiring your nervous system and learning how to interpret its different signals and states. It's kind of like learning a new language, learning the language of your nervous system, learning the language of your reactions in your body. And it's going to give you such incredible support and insight and liberation just on all levels of self, physically, emotionally, mentally. I mean, this is part of the work to release trauma that's stuck in your body. And you can also support this, this release of, of trauma and trapped energy through embodied movement practices, through different kinds of body work, through energy work, um, through mindset work, through counseling. There are lots of different ways to practice radical self-love. And, and for me and my clients, a big part of that is incorporating inner child healing. And I would point you to the last episode to give you a little more detail on, on how to practice that. But, you know, with inner child healing, it's so important because, you know, that past version of you, that little kid, you, they are the one who had the experience that led you to be wired the way that you are. So going back to listen to what they need is a huge part of learning how to listen to and act on your own needs in the here and now, in the present moment. Boundaries. You know, I'm big on boundaries, 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 boundaries. Um, They're also an act of radical self-love. Learning how to create, communicate, and cultivate boundaries will absolutely set you free. And guess what? (laughs) There's an episode on boundaries too. So go back and check that out if you haven't yet. But as my aunt likes to say, no is a complete sentence. I used to have so much resistance around that. Oh my gosh. When I look back and I think about 
when I first started working with boundaries, like that was such a triggering thing for me. I was so desperately afraid of being rejected that the idea of saying no was, was truly a foreign, completely alien concept. And it felt impossible. And, you know, it can, it can feel super scary and almost impossible when you're first learning how to set boundaries. But I promise it gets easier with time as just like anything else in this life. It takes practice and that's all. So ultimately all of these things, you know, there's a common thread through them of self-awareness of creating space in your day to day to cultivate awareness, to have check-ins with yourself and even figure out, well, what do I need? You got to have the space to hear what your needs are. Start listening to those whispers of your mind and body and spirit. This is the work too, that will help you in recovering from people pleasing and fending off or healing from burnout and compassion fatigue. So that can be as practical as as knowing that going to your Aunt Rhoda's house for a visit is extremely draining for you emotionally and that on the days you go there, you need extra time to yourself and not just knowing that that's a need, but actually planning that into your schedule. Maybe setting an energetic boundary before you go into her house or knowing that in the evening you need to, on the days where you visit your Aunt Rhoda, your hypothetical aunt Rhoda, um, that in the evening on the days you visit her, you need to take a healing soak in a bath and have at least 20 minutes of you time and then scheduling that in to your day on your calendar. And maybe it's more accessible in the beginning to just set aside 20 to 30 minutes at a minimum every single day, somewhere in your day. For you to have some time for yourself doing whatever it is you need to do for you. As I was doing some reading and research around compassion fatigue, I found out that Mother Teresa actually made it mandatory for nuns working with her to take a full year off from their duties every four to five years so that they could heal from the effects of their caregiving. And I don't know, I just... For some reason, I find this extremely validating and encouraging, and maybe you will too. So, so if, if you're ever feeling guilty about taking time for yourself or questioning whether you really need to, whatever it is you really need to do, um, remember that Mother Teresa gives you, gives you permission to take care of yourself, and so do I. Because if you are going to show up to do the work that you are here on planet earth to do, that you are feeling a calling in your heart to do, your purpose work that utilizes your unique gifts born out of your unique experiences, whatever that work looks like for you in this season of your life, then you need to be able to pour from a full cup. And remember, this is is part of it, this work, this healing work. It's each one of us doing our own healing work, taking steps on our own healing and empowerment journey that brings massive shifts and transformation to our inner and outer realities that then ripple out into our relationships, families, communities, and world around us. This is part of our purpose work, this self-healing 
return to self-love. As within, so without. As above, so below. As we heal ourselves, we heal the world. I do have some tools to support you on your journey linked in the episode notes. If you haven't already picked up a copy of your empath healing toolkit, then please follow the link and claim that gift for yourself. I'm also working on a new guide for y'all that is, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be just an incredible resource for, for all of you. And, um, if, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe using the link in the episode notes so you don't miss that guide when it does finally come out. And if you are curious about deepening your own healing and empowerment journey through working with me as your holistic coach and healing mentor, then please book a discovery call with me because I'm taking on new clients now and I will link that in the episode notes as well. You are here. You are doing the work. You're showing up even just listening to this episode to find guidance and take the right next steps for yourself. That is a really big deal. And I hope that you can give yourself credit for that. Remember you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.